Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Oh boy, it's hot. I'm on the beach. Just picture it in the middle of January. The sea lapping at your feet. The sun beating down warmth on your clammy, sweaty skin. It's freezing. I'm cold. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? We do have to remember that. Our audience is not UK based. I get, but so in the states, not all of the states, but there will be areas of the states that are like, yeah, yeah, of course, it's very hot. It's the middle of January. Yes, well, you, yeah, that's not the, That's a joke. That's that. New York's cold, right? A lot of a lot of America is cold. <laughs> I, just, I I keep getting people saying <laughs> it's always warm in Florida. I'm like. But no one is doing like a sort of bash at the beach summer themed thing. This is a summer theme. Yeah, well, no, but it's in Miami where it is hot. I, and people are going to the beach. Yes. I Look. It's, it's region specific. Okay. If you make the argument it's beach themed, I got you. But for me, it's a summer theme. Well, that's your problem. Yeah. yeah well, it is. Right. <laughs> and that's the hill I'm dying on. Yeah. And are you grumpy because you're hungover? I am also hungover. Uh, it was the BT Sport Party yesterday. House party. House party to celebrate WWE. It was, it was actually a very genius PR visual. It was brilliant. Where they, they got a moving truck outside Sky's offices. Which is kind of, I, love, I love that sort of thing when people go out for their competitors like and that. for context WWE has been on Sky here in the UK for 30 years from the beginning yeah. of WWE being in this country always been with Sky uh, that deal expired on the 31st of December 2019 the relationship soured because WWE signed a new deal with them where they would get pay-per-views and then a month later launched the network yeah yeah, yeah. It's a, but that, that, and they couldn't explain away because that, that had obviously been in the works <laughs> yeah. for quite some time. And it never came up in those conversations that with Sky. N- never came up. Yeah, so it was a ticking time bomb for that uh, that contract to expire and not be renewed. BT Sport have taken it. And yeah, they they did. They got a, a truck 
and they filled it up with like ladders and chairs and tables so it looked like it was overfilling and they they literally moved like moving house across London to BT Sports headquarters which just so happened to be a 5 minute walk from where we record this this podcast now i know you, you i'm pretty sure some people are getting deja vu here or deja vu as mm. uh, delboy used to say because we've had this conversation about this being five minutes from our office before when talking about Royal Quest. Yes. But actually, once again, this was a five-minute walk from our office. Our office is brilliantly situated. I don't know why we keep getting... Like, rest, the wrestling world is slowly migrating to us. Yeah, right? Yeah. You just wait, Stamford, Connecticut, <laughs> when you when you have to relocate to a WeWork in Stratford. <laughs> They're still around, of course. Yeah, so it was a stunning event in terms of the sort of money that had been thrown at it. Uh, Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair. Andrade. Uh, Andrade, Kurt Angle, Sheamus. Sheamus' first match uh, of 2020, and his first match, obviously, since his big injury. Mm. He had a match against uh, Andrade, and he yeah. looked great in the ring. Oh, it was, it was a... I, it's it's quite a unique experience to see main roster people of that level, you know, Sheamus and Andrade, we watched was the opening match, with that level of production, because we are in BT Sports' mega studio, which is like the size of two air, aircraft hangars, with just all the latest technology, and they've got a giant LED cylinder in the middle of the room yeah. that you can just pump graphics onto it's an amazing space just like you know it's state of the art for broadcast and so we're watching it with this level of production stephanie mcmahon came out cut a promo and we were my favorite moments as well because so if you're you're in the uk you will have heard our bt sports adverts they've been sponsoring Mm. this podcast to let everyone know that wwe is moving to bt sports and um they gave us very, very loose instructions of what we should say. But the one specific thing they told us is we are BT Sport, not BT Sports. And I think we brought not plural. Up, not plural. We brought it up before because everyone used to call me Luke Owens. And I'm like, mm. no, no, it's Luke Owen, not Luke Owens. You know how they feel. So it's very, uh, a very straightforward thing. It is BT Sport, not BT Sports. Yes. What was the first thing Stephanie McMahon said? BT Sports. <laughs> I, I didn't. I wasn't there to see the promo, but I heard it and just started laughing because I could almost hear the BT Sport people going like, oh, "For God's sake!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said it multiple times. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the sort of press release announcement where you only say BT Sport once. No, it was like. If, if you were to get that, it was like it was designed for SEO purposes <laughs> when you write down that transcript. That's the way press releases are. And it's just WWE, BT Sports, WWE, BT Sports, like just like over and over again. And every time I just, I just had a little snigger. Poor, like, yeah, it's just it it's like she just opened the leaflet and I am in uh, BT Sports. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, Sprongfell. <laughs> yeah. So, but. That said, like that's a very minor criticism. And it was not really a criticism, not a criticism. it was just it funny. Made, it made me laugh. But to see Seamus and Andrade work with all that level of production in a room that probably had four or five hundred people around the ring. Oh, I, I wouldn't have said that. Yeah, I'd yeah. have said like 150 well, max. I think that's misleading because it's such a big space. Maybe. I think there was 
deceptively a, a large amount. But okay. that, yeah, let's just say 200 people around the ring. Mm-hmm. And we were right at the front. Yeah. Pretty much. And it was it was no seating. We were literally just standing. Mm. So it was like three rows deep just surrounding the ring. Yeah. More or less with like a little barricade area. That doesn't happen often. I, I felt quite privileged, and so and it, it was it was actually really cool to to be in that environment and watch it, because that must happen like two three times a year that these wrestlers do like sort of corporate style events like Completely, that. Yeah, and it was just I was stunned by the difference of because the only live wrestling I go to really is independent wrestling, and these these are people who are polished by. HD television, and that's what it looked like. It looked like I was watching wrestling in high definition. It was really good. When it was the the the, the mustache mountain uh, match, six man with Gallus and uh, Ilya Dragunov was like it was brilliant. But yeah. it was more PWG style. You know, it's the fun indie style. They Completely, worked an indie yeah. house show match, but Sheamus and Andrade worked a SmackDown match. And I, it was just really, really interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed that six-man main mm. event, which, yeah, it was Mustache Mountain and Ilya Dragunov versus Gallus. And it was... So we were by Trent and Tyler and Ilya, like, in their corner. From the moment that they came out, I think that they had clocked that we knew who they were from, like, sort of, like, the independent stuff. Because we were starting their independent oh, yeah. scene charts and stuff. And in the ring was Chris Roberts, referee Chris Roberts, <laughs> who used to be like one. Of, he used to be the main referee yeah. for, for our local promotion, Rev Pro. And Roberts's deal is he gets hounded by the fans to an almost bullying level. <laughs> <laughs> but part of the gimmick is just a shout: "Do your job, Roberts." Yeah, Roberts, do your job, which is brilliant when the heels distract him. Yeah. And he's very easily distracted because <laughs> the crowd can go, Boo, Roberts, come on, man. This is your mm. job. And Trent was egging that on because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he kept shouting, Do your job, Roberts. Trent's a funny guy. I, but funny. I would, of all the wrestlers in the world, I think we've been asked this question before. Trent Seven's the man I want to go to the pub with. <laughs> yeah. I think I th- it'd just be so cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but the yeah, it was it was it was so good. I, I loved it. And I drank I drank probably too much. Yeah, well you said this morning that you've uh, you wanted to write an angry letter to BT Sports because they kept filling up your wine glass when you asked them. What the hell? Well, yeah, and and then some. They were liberal with the wine. Yeah. They wanted to to wow me. Well, I think that's because everyone had drunk all the beer. So there was all the wine left over at the end of the night. They're like, well, we've got to get rid of it somehow. Let's pass it on to this drunken This, this one guy. <laughs> yeah. Because like the first glass I got, normal glass of white wine. You know, 200 milliliters, about four, I was going to say four eighths. That's a half. Uh, <laughs> four tenths, let's say. Two fifths of the size of this large wine glass. That is early in the night of a PR event where they're like, well, we can't, mm. let's not go heavy with the amount of wine we're pouring in because we don't know how many people are going to want wine throughout the night. So be sparing with it. Then you get to the end of the night, we're like, oh, oh man, we've got 20 bottles yeah. left. Top it up. And that's what they were doing. They, they were giving me 500 milliliters of wine a go. Half pints. Yeah, half pints of wine. And I'm a quick drinker, which is why I've learned in recent times that Guinness is my drink because it kind of slows me down. Yeah. And it's like, it's nowhere near the alcohol content of wine. 
Because I will drink the same volume of liquid, regardless of what it is when I'm out. Mm-hmm. So it's better to go for a lower volume, a lower alcohol version of that. But yeah, the wine, I just knocked it back. And now I hate myself. <laughs> I, just, I just don't enjoy being hungover anymore because it's not just, oh, I feel like I've got a headache. It's, I'm a worthless piece of crap. Everyone hates me. I did everything wrong. Yeah, that, and that's it. Yeah. It's this awful self, self-talk. self We should probably get on with the show. We should do, actually. We need to dive into this show. Um, and it was a show. It's AEW Dynamite. There's a new leader of the Dark Order, apparently. Here <laughs> And here's our review. Let's dive into it. The Dark Order, after getting a massive push towards the end of the year, so big, they had to stop it. Uh, Dark (laughs) Order ran in on the 18th of December episode main event uh, of AEW Dynamite. They laid waste to the entire main event scene. So Young Bucks, Omega, uh, Cody, I think as well. Not Page. Not Page. Because he had the punches. Crucial, yeah. And it was just all the creepers, the minions... There was the mysterious member there, which some people thought was to be Brandon Cutler. Yeah, yeah. So there was that was the thing where uh, the Beaver Boys joined them. Yes, I can't remember their actual name. Alex Reynolds and John Silver. That's the ones. So they've joined. Like we know that they're now with Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, and there's a few other creepers as well. And yeah, there was one other differently colored creeper there seems to be a hierarchy in the colors of the faction where i think it's purple just means you're a generic creeper green is your generic and purple is like the the level up from that and then you don't have to wear a mask if you're stu grayson yeah because uh the the beaver boys put on these with the the purple tier wrestled in masks they put them on at the I end, though. On, yes, yeah, yeah, but right. there was one other purple tier guy. That happened at the end of last year. And there was a backlash to that angle because it wasn't very good. Uh, no, most people were down on it. Yeah. Even JR. So they really pulled back from that main event push of that storyline and went back to basics, which is a good idea. And the Dark Order started... Uh, they they approached Christopher Daniels last week, trying to get him to join off the back of his losing streak. Yep. And this week we got just a little, what would you call it? Not a skit, but a. Well, it was a promo. Segment. It was a promo. That they have been paid for by the Dark Order. Like mm. they're very they're, they're explaining how these are getting up on television. It is being paid for for in order to be on TV the way that the New World Order used to do. Yeah. There's a question like how the how are the NWA getting these things? Well, it's paid for. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so they so they had this segment, and it's the guy who was doing all of the infomercials, who was you know, are you fat and rubbish? Join the Dark Order. He was chatting to, and someone off screen who had a a voice synthesizer thing on, like a digitally altering. It was distorted. Yeah. And the guy was running through. He's like, look at all these emails we have had from people who've gone to jointhedarkorder.com. And here are the people that we are currently targeting. We're targeting uh, Brandon Cutler. We are targeting uh, someone else. Uh, Michael Nakazawa. That's it. Uh, Kenny Omega's mate. Yeah, so it was Michael Nakazawa and it was Brandon Cutler and Hackman Page Mm. was the third one. And like this, this... off-screen voice was saying like cool let's really focus on destroying the elite that is our current main objective and it's funny because for the last few weeks 
we've been talking about how well, a lot of people in the comments have been saying like who do you think is the leader of the dark order and we've always, we've both said uh, me in particular has been pushing this well it's uno it's evil uno quite clear <laughs> quite clearly evil uno is the leader and then evil uno cut a promo last week saying like no there is a higher power and i'm like what do you mean there's a high you're the higher power because you're evil you're uno yeah it's in your yeah, name yeah. you're you're literally the leader of this group but no we now have dr claw off screen after inspector gadgets who's who is the actual leader mm. which i think is effing stupid yeah it's uh it's th- i thought the point was to get the dark order over as a team really you know like from from the fir- the start of this and the Young Bucks have said in interviews of everyone on our roster, the act that has the most potential is the Dark Order. So I, I just assumed, oh, and then they started doing those really cool infomercial things. And I thought, hey, I can see where they're, why they're thinking this now. This does have some fiend, law-like mythology behind it that's really, really actually intriguing. But yeah, I thought all of that was to get over Grayson and Uno. Yeah. They are the Dark Order. But it appears we're wrong. Oh, they we're, are yeah. just—they are just like the front to whoever this larger force is. Yeah, you and I have one hundred percent. We are one hundred percent wrong on this. And so we've had comments after comment, people saying like, oh, "I think Marty is the leader. I think Broken Matt Hardy is the leader. I think that Brody Lee is going to be revealed as leader." And I have said, I've replied to all those comments, being like, "Evil Uno is the leader." Mm. It's—it's it's been very clear on TV. That he's in charge. Yeah. Because he's wearing the suit. He's cutting the promos. He talks about the Dark Order. He was featured in all the infomercials. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, that has now changed. And he is not. And there is a how of power. Well, well, that's it, isn't it? It's like what has happened in the last six weeks to maybe make AEW change direction with this. Maybe it was always the plan. Or maybe someone did get released from their contract and they're like, we've got a really good idea to bring this person in. And maybe they'll help yeah. get this group over. Uh, but but I look at I look at Brody Lee. I look at Broken Matt Hardy. I look at Marty Skrull. And I'm thinking, you three guys, if you do go to AEW, I don't want you to be with the Dark Order. No. I want you to be your own thing. Yeah. The Broken Universe is different. It's it, I get it. It feels similar to this whole Dark Order thing. Anything kind of macabre is kind of lumped in together. But there's definite differences there. And Matt, it it wouldn't be... I don't think it would work. Same with Marty. That's Dark Order thing. Villain Enterprises does not feel the same as the Dark Order. Yeah, he's not a cult leader. And he's all, just yeah. like a... He's sort of a penguin mob boss, I always saw him. And I, I, the other thing I've always said about this when people have said, like, do you think that Marty's going to be the leader? I, I've, my argument for Marty, if he's going to go to AEW, is I'd like to see him be a singles guy. Exactly. I don't yeah. even want to see him be part of the elite. I want to see him as a, have a singles run because we've seen him in groups. Same with Brody Lee. People saying, like, I think Brody Lee should be part of this team. It's like, no, I want to see Brody have a singles run. Yeah. We've seen him be part of a team now for... De- it almost felt like a decade at this point because he was part of the Wyatt family, then he was part of the Bludgeon Brothers, and then he was with Ed Rowan again. It always felt like he was always someone's tag partner, mm. apart from that mini short run that he had in like 2014 which or whatever. Was the it was. Version, which was the best version, which was the best version of it. So I want to see Brody Lee have a run. So of those three names that often get suggested as these are the le- the actual leader of the Dark Order, I don't want it to be mm. either one of them. Yeah. Well, maybe then there's a bit of a swerve coming up. And it is Hangman Page. 
I'm not a big fan of that idea. Again, I don't think Cowboy S-Word and all that stuff, if he turns heel, the heel version of him is what he's doing now, but being more of a dick in my head. Yeah. I don't. I think to over-gimmick him with a whole faction and helping people who are, are down and out of luck, I don't, I don't think it works. It needs to be a name, though. Like, yeah. that's the thing is they've now we're at a point with the Dark Order where this needs to be a name. Mm. This needs to be someone that is instantly recognizable. Luther. Well, that's that's it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a Luther situation where yeah. they debut and they're like, now, ah, who's this? And you've got Excalibur on commentary going like, well, it's this person. <laughs> we're you know, quickly reading their Wikipedia page. Let's remember, AW have not done a, a dynamite, a, a very effective debut since John Moxley. Yeah. Yeah, in my eyes. And we're coming up to nearly a year on mm. that. Um, so I think that, it, yeah, it needs to be, Then this needs to be a big reveal. And if it's not one of those three names or it's not someone you're bringing in, then Hangman Page is the one that makes the most sense because he is a recognizable name. But I'm also not sure. Like, I don't yeah. think it, it fits that well. So then again, there have been plenty of times where we've gone like, oh, I don't think this character should do that. And then they do. And it turns out that it's brilliant. So, you know, we could be totally. way off base with this. But like my, my personal opinion on this, at this point in time, I'm really enjoying what Hangman is doing at the moment. Oh, but what it's the ha- best but thing on the show. Easy. I, I said it in my four-minute review. It's the best thing on Dynamite since the Jericho Cody mm, feud. Mm. It is. But what he's doing now, I'm way more into than him joining the Dark Order. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, just uh, before we get on to the, what Paige did in this episode, because potentially linked with the Dark Order stuff, I if this little promo that played in this episode happened before the big main event invasion and rundown, mm. then I, I think it works. Yeah. Because they're, they're laying out here, we are gathering the forces, we're strengthening our numbers, and, we, and we're going after the elite. That's a really exciting, compelling storyline to develop and direction. And now you signpost that. Everyone's just waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen. The problem is they went with the surprise route. Mm-hmm. Uh, on December 18th and it massively backfired so that's a shame that they, they sort of got the story out of order there but Hangman Page on this episode opened up the show with an incredible four way tag between oh, not according to Baron Corbin oh <laughs> You see his tweet on, his, on Twitter. I, I didn't see it because he blocked me on Twitter because, mm. I, I mean, I didn't even know he was on Twitter. Incognito but... browser. Is that how you get yeah, around yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can get around it. But um, it was on a, posted up on russeltalk.com, which you should all go to. It's a great website. Um, yeah, that he thought it was uh, stupid because they weren't going for pins. And then it was just spot, 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 dive, dive, dive. Get your S word in. Try mm. and get over. Yeah. God, people try to get over in a match. <laughs> <laughs> Baron Corbin's in no position to tell Kenny Omega how to work a wrestling match. However, let's not forget, Baron Corbin's a heel. <laughs> He's probably done this to annoy everybody. My favorite thing about it is everyone's comment on it, though. It's just like, man, even WWE stars are watching AEW over NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- this was a stunning match. Uh, proud and powerful. That's what they called it. They're just Santana and Ortiz. So they've dropped the p I think they've dropped Good, that, yeah. I, I didn't f- fully get that. Young Bucks, best friends with Orange Cassidy. Freshly squeezed at the side. Massive pop. And Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And it was for a shot at the tag team titles against SCU on the cruise next week. Yeah. And I, I, we said last week that we were kind of hoping that Hangman and Kenny picking up that, that big win that they got was going to put them into the tag rankings. Mm. It did. I think it put them in at number four or number three, I think. 
And then they got into this match. And as soon as they announced this match, I was like, I really hope that Omega and Paige win this because I'm enjoying this story so mm. much. And I just want to see it continue. And having the Young Bucks oh, in this match genius. was a stroke of genius. Not only because of you know, it's the top four rankings, but it's it works so well. There was a moment during this match where Kenny, Matt, and Nick Jackson were working together. And Hangman Page is on the apron looking at them like, you dicks. I can't believe you lot are doing this. This is uh, this is ridiculous. I'm so glad Hangman's found his hook. Yeah, this is so good. It's been a uh, tremendous. His subtle storytelling <laughs> and his subtle acting in this is great. And then at the end of the match, like we, we can go through the spots in a minute, but at the end of the match, the Young Bucks have got this kind of set up to win. You know, mm. they were setting up to to hit the Melter yeah. Driver. Page blind tags on Matt steps in. They do the. Uh, Hang, uh, the the buckshot v trigger combo which absolutely kills oh, so cool <laughs> absolutely kills everyone and they get the win and the bucks are pissed off so kenny is then trying to play peacemaker mm. and hangman's argument is just like hey man we, i wanted to win the match yeah it's a shot of the tag titles i'm not gonna give that up yeah and but the bucks were like no no, no but we're, we're we're friends we're sort of in this and he was like oh yeah but i can see both sides i can see both yeah totally i thought i mean I, I'm, I'm more on hangman's side yeah than, than i am the the young bucks but then at the end, he was just um, shaking hands and be like, yeah, we cool. We cool. But in his eyes, you could see, like, mm. things are not cool. I think that Paige has been fan-freaking-tastic in this story. And, and don't overlook Omega. Because, no, 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 you're because right. Because Omega's selling of it is just... He, the man is an incredible actor. Like, he's just, he's just so good at acting with his face and, and mannerisms. Uh, but, they, yeah, they, they walk off together afterwards. The Buck's sort of in the ring and they're, you know, celebrating. Paige grabs a, a drink from one of the fans, starts to drink it. Omega takes it away from him, gives it to another fan. And it's like, come on, man, let's, let's just celebrate. Paige goes and gets another drink. Yeah. And they walk off. It is stunningly subtle storytelling. We know where it's going to go. We know this is going to turn out to be Paige eventually turns on the elite. Stuff being predictable does not mean it's bad. Yeah. And they, we had, there was one final segment of this show, which when Jen Decker was trying to interview SCU mm. about the tag match next week, and a drunken hangman page walks up to them, spills his drink on Christopher Daniels, yeah. and then starts mouthing off as if it was their fault uh, in that sort of brilliantly drunken way. As son of I was like, I'm going to kick your teeth and I'm going to kick your ass. Kenny has to dive in and once again play peacemaker with like SU being like, look, guys, we really respect you. Let's just, let's just have a really good match next week. But Paige is just in the background going like, I'm going to kick your teeth in. Mm. I'm going to kick your teeth in. I thought it was a, a wicked, wicked segment. I, I'm, I'm digging this storyline so much. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. We'll get onto the like the full stuff that's happening, like the, the play-by-play of that match because there's a lot to dive into yeah. there as well. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's do some Patreon pledge hammer shout outs to you lovely folks before we get on with the super chats. We're going to have our review of Royal Rumble 2001 oh, yes. up uh, soon for you Patreon people. So go over there and find out more about that. But thank you, Brett the Hitman, Matthew Williams. Thank you Woo-hoo. so much. These are our $25 and above backers. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Leroy and Jenkins. Dot, dot, dot. Dive, Dylan Cachetta. Yes. All right, Baron. <laughs> they drew first blood, not me, Grace Rambo. Cheap cop. Yep. You sold out, Jay Sellers. You sold Whoa. out. Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. Yeah. I like this one. This is some kind of Patreon shout out. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Not, uh, Nate drops her name. It's on the next line. Nate drops her name. <laughs> there it is. Hey. Xandermania running wild. Yeah, Xandermania. He's, he's over there now. Uh, Marcus, he's got soul. Ah, it's not that joke. Marcus, he's got soul Campbell. Yeah, well, that was a, an Andy one. The Titan, Owen Towers. Whoa, thank you, Owen. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Lovely stuff. And lastly, just incredible Edel Heights. Whoa, thank you, everyone, for doing the patch hammer stuff. for the technical difficulties that we had at the start of this I um because we used this microphone yesterday when we were doing our interviews on the the, mm. the BT Sports and WWE bus um, which are going up as a podcast uh, on Sunday so subscribe to the Rest Talk podcast um, but I plugged it into the wrong hole <laughs> so to speak. Anyway, so on the subject of the Dark Order and Hangman um, storyline, Kevin Chappell says, everyone knows that Vince McMahon is the higher power. Yeah. Well, that would that would be worth it. That is definitely a reveal I'm behind. It's Russo. Oh my god. Imagine if it's Russo that's revealed. Cody doesn't seem it to be a me, fan of bro. Russo. It was me, bro. It was me all along. I'll get heat. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, um, DJ the second says, "Am I the only one that thinks Paige is in the right? I think when he turns in the elite, it'll be incredibly justified. I don't think I could boo him." Well, I, I, I don't think he's in the right overall. He does see like the it's it's totally understandable and relatable. Maybe that's 
Like that's why it's such a, an that's interesting works, story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's down to his own demons and insecurities that is driving it, and it's ultimately a, a petulant behaviour because he's just not confident in his own abilities. Yeah. Uh, Seth Emmett says, "Don't you think it would have been better if Paige had pinned one of the Bucks?" No, because I think the argument afterwards between them, where like the Bucks had the match won and Paige stole that victory from them, I, I personally I think mm. it's, it's it's a better story. Yeah, and it's just like this: they have egged this perfectly. There is no over egging here. This is week to week subtle. Someone's yeah, <laughs> it's just perfectly egged. Are you trying to get Sandy's job because she's left Great British Bake Off? Has she? Yeah, yeah, she announced yesterday that she's leaving the show. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I liked her and Noel. Yeah, so did I. Although she didn't really get to do much because Noel will overshadow anyone else who's on there. <laughs> oh, uh, save that till after the stream. I don't sorry. know how I can carry on now. Christian Baltimore, loving the Kenny and Hangman team. Seeing them with the belt would be amazing. Yeah, do we think they could win next week? Well, SCU feel like a bit of an afterthought. I, you know, I yeah. keep forgetting they're the tag champs. Do you know who the women's champ is? If you remember that much? It's uh, the Japanese one. <laughs> it's Rio. Rio. Yeah, her name is Rio and she dances on the sand. Anyway, mm. I I think the SCU almost feel like Rio at the moment where you put the belts onto someone because you were trying to make them feel like a big act. And I don't think is really... I don't, SCU don't feel massively over. They don't, they don't feel like they should be the tag champs. <sighs> and I know what, you, I know what you're going to say. So say it. It should have been Pentagon. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, did you see Hangman's title on his lower third graphic at the start? Anxious Millennial <laughs> Cowboy. Didn't know. Uh, I love the running gag of using that screen space to tell jokes in addition to important story details. But I, That's I, from Flint Mac. What did I say? You didn't say it. Oh, didn't sorry, you? from Flint Mac. <laughs> and a very generous donation. Thank you. Very, yeah, you're absolutely right. What I, I love about this is that I think it's, it's very much unintentional. It's not just done to be jokes. It is, it's the elite having fun. Mm. But Hangman is not in on the joke, and he doesn't appreciate the joke. Mm. But they think that it's funny, and they think that he is on the joke with them. So they see when they had the graphic up for the four-way tag, he was like right at the back, really, and he felt like the most unimportant person there. Oh. And, he, and he's just like, he's like, even the graphics department don't like me. Yeah, and I think the the buck like in my sort of kayfabe world of this, the bucks are being like, oh yeah, has had a drink. Oh, that'd be really funny to put on there. But Hangman's looking at being like, that's not funny, man. I, d I don't think so. I think uh, Paige is, you know, you, you, I, I've certainly got in this state in the past where you, you're in such a sort of spiral down. You're like, well, I'll make jokes about myself. It's very it's self depreciating. But he's made reference to it on Twitter where uh, he's like, okay. come on, guys. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm just wondering if it's, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah, done yeah. Well, like, that, that, that makes it, it more yeah. your side. This match was just totally fire. 15 to 20 minutes long overall. Yeah. Eight guys, which means they can just do everything. Go very little downtime. Put the foot to the to the floor. You do 100 miles an hour and you stay at 100 miles an hour. Mm. And then the match ends. And it, it really was. And within that, you know, Baron Corbin can joke or troll about it however much he likes. But the fact is... This had more storyline progression in it, a more interesting story stuff than like weeks of WWE programming. It, like, it's not like this, the action was just action. A lot of it was un, like 
completely cemented with this wonderful foundation of Page and Omega. There was just so many wonderful different elements in this mm. because you had the Young Bucks and Kenny sort of half working together because they're friends and you had all the Page stuff in there. So you've got the Kenny Omega and the Hangman Page stuff. You've got the Young Bucks doing their stuff. The part of this match was really to try and put over best friends as well because they kept saying, look, this is a really underrated team in AEW. And they they you know, kept saying, if they get the win here, it, it, you know, it's going to be a real upset. But it also wouldn't be that surprising because they are so good. But Proud and Powerful are also in the corner. Part of the inner circle, no one's tagging them in. And they know that it's no DQ. So they're just getting in there, knocking them out, dragging people to the corner, tagging themselves in so they can get... I thought those two were terrific in this match. That's it. This is the best they've looked in the my best. eyes. The best. Yeah. The best. <laughs> in my eyes since they joined AEW. Agreed. Because the, I, this was the first time I was like... Com- completely 100% that's the Santana and Ortiz that I watched in TNA in impact in impact <laughs> <laughs> that's the Tito and Santana that I watched in TNA yeah uh, and they just they were amazing they did this really great run of taking out everyone and then hitting dives on either side to a this is awesome chant uh, there was this sharing suplex spot yeah this it's not just them as a tag team, but I feel like they've been missing from the inner circle a bit as well. Yeah. Like, it's just been Jericho, Hager, and Sammy for the last couple of weeks. So seeing them all together at the end of the episode was a really welcome sight as well. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought... Middle of the episode. Getting over... Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, Them getting over was the, the joint best thing about this match. I... I, mean, I thought they were so good. I thought best friends were great. I adore the Page Omega tag team. Mm-hmm. I think they've got wicked tag team chemistry. When Kenny does, you can't escape. Oh. And he sets it up. Hangman runs right behind him and does a shooting star, standing shooting star press. Page, uh, Omega's up to do the moonsault. Page has gone underneath him to climb up and does a moonsault to the outside onto everyone else. Other than it was spellbinding stuff. That was a brilliant sequence because you know, like, you can't do this, surely. <laughs> and they do it. And then I think, oh, that's amazing. Page is going to moonsault onto whoever was in the ring. But no, he does it to the outside. Yeah. Like, to top my already very high expectations is an incredible feat. So good. Uh, but yeah, just and, and there was a great bit of comedy in there as well, where there's a sort of eight-man scrum, because they're all trying to do the quadruple suplex, but Orange Cassidy gets in, monster pop from the crowd, and he is enough to just <laughs> lift them over and win it for his side. It was so good. And he kips up. Yeah, just and then the the best friends hug spot around him. Yeah, brilliant match. Another great spot in this match to further this page storyline was Matt was uh, during his super kick party stopped himself from super kicking Adam Page, and the commentary team really put this over big because and and it's it's going to be really fun to look back on sort of in hindsight for sort of a young yeah. perspective because he should have hit that move. It is every man for himself, but his friendship and allegiance with Paige got the better of him. So you got JR on commentary being like, he made the wrong call. Mm. He should have hit that move because it's every man for himself. Like, I know you're all friends, but the number one contendership is at stake here. So then at the end of that match, when Paige blind tags himself in on Matt to steal what was set up to be their victory, I just think it's it's some really, I think there's some really great stuff throughout this match. After the match, I thought this was terrific. I just hope he doesn't join Dark Order. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great stuff. So, absolutely, like, I think of everything this week in wrestling. Uh, you should watch the Cannonball. 
from Kevin Owens <laughs> yeah. and Buddy Murphy joining Seth Rollins, and you should watch this match. I haven't watched NXT yet. No. So I, I heard there was a very good tag match on that. Well, we've got the Time Splitters mm. reuniting mm. against Grizzly Young Veterans, who are awesome. Uh, so the show opens as well with this brilliant Bash at the Beach set. I was just so happy. Yeah. To say, I know it's, it's all, it should be in summer, but <laughs> that's that your aside, complaint. <laughs> everyone's in Hawaiian shirts, apart from JR. JR. Uh, there is a woman in a bikini sitting on a lifeguard She's chair. She's not a woman in a bikini, she is a lifeguard. She is doing her job to make sure that people were safe. Look, I thought that I had matured or progressed. It's 2020. I'm 30. Do you ever forget? I think I'm 32. Yeah, because I'm 34. You're a couple of years younger than me. Or am I turning 32 in March? I can't remember. You're 87, right? So you're 38. Oh, you're 88. I thought you were 87. I'm 88. Year year of the dragon. But she's there. And I've got... I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, there was a very attractive lady in a bikini there to be objectified. That's what this was. I didn't have a problem with it. It's 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 slightly problematic, but at the same time, I, Love it, it, Island it, exists. Yeah, and that show's really problematic. Exactly. <laughs> this is fine. But like, it's as a, it was as campy. Thing, it was campy. Very tongue in cheek. Is but they did this with um, Fighter Fest. Do you remember they had some the of the models that yeah. were going on as well? So I just think it was a very campy thing to do. Um, I think you probably could have just had a bloke up there at, at one point. You know what? That's yeah. Just have two, yeah. and then it kind of balances it out. That's exactly it. Because like, I, I don't mind objectification and, and sexualization. Just make it equal. That's, exa- that's exactly <laughs> it. And, and I think you could have easily have got around this uh, potential problem by doing that. Mm. Um, but they just said they just kept swapping her out, and I'm like. Where's the Billy from Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh, what a hunk. What a hunk he is. Uh, then we go backstage after that opening match. DDP is doing some yoga. And then I, th- I think it was Excalibur just went at ease. <laughs> 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 Which is what he does at the end of his... Well, anyone yeah. who's done DDP, why? Uh, at ease. Why? <laughs> DDP, why? Uh, yeah, I, I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Man's in incredible shape. Uh, Cody came out uh, for a promo to respond to Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, and about the stipulations. There was kind of tease that we're going to answer this last week, but Arn Anderson <laughs> said, no, we're going to discuss this further. Arn wasn't with him here either. Uh, no, but Cody came out and um, he kind of like ran down each one of them. And uh, I liked when he said that you picking the steel cage match against Wardlow was a surprise to me. And I think it was a surprise to a lot of people because when you see when Wardlow takes that shirt off and you see how jacked he is, how good a wrestler he is, everyone's going to be asking, why is he carrying your bags? Yeah. You should be carrying his. That was a wicked way to put over Wardlow. Just going to hope now that... And they've just signed Brian Cage, mm. reportedly. Like, we already had... <laughs> they could stand across the ring. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought this was a, a fine little promo. It's not Cody's best work, but he... It's That's a, a high bar, though. A very high bar. And he just went out there to say... I've accepted the stipulations. I love the end line. Uh, this is not your story. You're just a chapter in mine. And then I'm, I'm going to give you one of your own scars, like he's the one over his head. I also said that he goes, um, you kind of like, you think you're all that because a few legends have called you an old school heel. Mm. Well, my friend Kevin would just say you're lazy. Yeah. It was, it was really, really good stuff. 
Uh, he also like added a bit of realism in there. Said that MJF was a pageant kid. Like his mum put him on Rosie TV, O'Donnell. yeah, when he was seven. I was like, that's that's a nice. Like, it really gets over MJF's character. It informs how I'm meant to take him. Uh, and also, Cody was dressed like a character from Miami Vice. Yes, he looked great. Yeah, he was accepting the eighty thing. So was Justin Roberts. Mm. Um, in oh, his get-up. Justin Roberts looked awesome. Yeah, all white. Yeah, and apparently all the ring crew were all wearing Hawaiian shirts as well. So they were all, it's just JR. Were, mm. Everyone was in on it apart from JR. It was uh, just going to be their curmudgeonly little JR. <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm putting it for my barbecue sauce. Thank you very much. Uh, it might be in his contract. Yeah. He gets to do this. The I, I just point this out because I'm worried some people might call me a hypocrite. Cody did throw to the Titantron screen at the start of this promo to get a graphic to appear there which just listed each demand from MJF. I thought that was a very effective way of going point by point and, and totally made sense. But that's also way different to someone coming out and being like, here is a video package. Yeah. That's not been made by me. And he addressed it, you know, he said to the tech person backstage, can you put it up on the screen so everyone can yeah. see it? Yeah. I, 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 I thought this was a seamless way to do that thing. I think those two things are very, very, like just completely Just in case. Different. Yeah. Uh, after that, MJF is walking backstage. Did you see his T-shirt? I banged Dallas's daughter. Holy crap! MJF is amazing. Yeah, with the with the self high five. Yeah, and everything. yeah. yeah. Uh, Darby's warming up backstage. Pax walking around, and then he steals Darby's skateboard. Didn't really play into anything. No, I think this is all just it's stuff to go on in the shrink screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would have been quite a cool element to add to the match yeah. you've got your skateboard it's just, it just another thing that Pac does backstage that gets dropped <laughs> yeah. is he still beating up Michael Nakazawa I don't <laughs> Uh, Joe Janela uh, cut a promo um, uh, basically saying that 2019 wasn't the best year. He didn't have the greatest win-loss record. 2020 is going to turn around. But unfortunately, Penelope Ford keeps knocking him in the balls and hanging out with her new dickhead boyfriend. And he's like, I don't really want to fight you. But if you want to step to me, you can do. And he's going to be facing Ray Phoenix next week, which I believe was taped. Um, well, before, it's going to yeah. air on uh, well, there's the Jericho Cruise next week. Mm. But apparently they've already taped that match. I don't know if it's for Dark or if it's going to be on Dynamite. Yeah, apparently they had the match uh, either before or after the show. So we'll see. I thought this was very good work from Joey, mm. uh, content-wise. This was the best I've seen him on Dynamite, uh, really, so far. He he said that he's got something to prove now. Yeah. And it, in, in one line, he both made me excited for the Phoenix match by saying that, you know, I'm a, I'm a man out there looking to prove something. And also built this other larger blood feud storyline with Kip. Yeah. So really good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, after, I would say, a flawless opening to the show with that amazing opening match, yeah. Cody pro- promo, just the general fun of Bash at the Beach. It's the Nightmare Collective again. How many times do we have to review segments like this? Yeah, I know. Because man. it's not working. Yeah. The stuff that was working was really good women wrestlers wrestling each other. Yeah. And... and the, the 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 whole crowd went silent this was as soon as it started. Silent. Yeah, this was absolute crickets. So it was Brandy Rhodes and Mel of the Nightmare Collective going up against Chris Statlander and Sheeda. Statlander and Sheeda are very over, but you know, outside of this storyline. But this is that's how bad the Nightmare Collective are. Yeah, it killed their heat. It completely. Statlander did a standing. Moonsoul off the ring apron to the outside in like the first 30 seconds, no one cared. No. 
it's uh, and, and this, it was a bad match. This is a boring match, to be honest with you. This was really, really boring. It was plodding. It was slow. It was just. I mean, a lot of it did take place in the ad break, but even with all of that, it still felt really slow. Mm. It was just Mel and Brandy badly working over Sheeda forever to build to the Statlander hot tag, which didn't feel like a hot tag because no one was really into this. And then, I, for me, the bizarre thing about this match, outside of it being a bad match, and it was a bad match, was that it really felt like they were doing everything they could to get Mel over. Because they were like, look how tall Mel is. Look at the strength that she's got over all of these other women. She is knocking them for six. Mm. She And I was like, okay, so they're really putting her over as like the enforcer of this group. Because it's not in Luther, is it? Just yeah. sat there doing nothing. Um, and then they pinned her. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. oh right, so, so she's crap then, is she? <laughs> It's, and like, well, <laughs> what was this? It's not just that either. It's like, yeah, Mel, you, you just lost after all that. And also the Nightmare Collective lost. So it's kind of, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If Nightmare Collective win, we're all like, oh, God, you're pushing the Nightmare Collective. If they lose, we're like, well, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's so bad. I can't see a way out of this. I, I, you know, you wrap it up. You, it, it's going to be bad. You, you keep it going, it's going to be bad. It's a bad... It's all round bad. It's killing the women's division, man. Yeah, it, which, which, it is. Which is already struggling. And this is just making it way worse. Because again, like, who's, challenge, who's the challenger for Riho at the moment? Mm. Like, it feels like no one is. And Rio again, wasn't there. Actually, like, two weeks on the bounce, which is... Like, two weeks on the bounce for Riho at the moment feels like, oh, my God, she's, yeah. she, she's Kenny Omega at this point. I I just think the women's division is really struggling. This is not helping. And and they've got the tap like B Priestley, Shanna, uh, Big Swole, Rio, Big Swole, yeah, Sheeda, Statlander, like they've got good people there. Yeah, who's the, who's the other the 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 other Brit? I can't remember her name. Oh, the red haired lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was awesome. Uh, but yeah, they've just. Look, I don't know. But I, this this is Brandy. Brandy's in control of the women's division. It just so happens Brandy's in this suffocating faction that's dominating that division. It's so, someone's got to tell her to to be better or to like take herself out of it. What did Luther add to this match? Oh, exactly. He just sta- he stayed at the he stayed on the ramp to try and delay Sheeda getting down to the ring while Mel and Brandy beat up Statlander right at the start. That's it. And then he sat down next to Justin Roberts. He wasn't even standing in their corner. He sat down next to Justin Roberts, the ring announcer. The commentary team were making fun of it, mm-hmm. being like, oh, he's made a new friend. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. Uh, then we got the Dark Order promo. Uh, then we got a really good match, mm. uh, really built very nicely between Sammy Guevara and John Moxley. Uh, Sammy did his usual placard stuff. Placard stuff and the ad break. He yeah. said that the mox stuff was so stressful. He's got an ulcer. <laughs> uh, also, he hears Vanessa Hudgens is single. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a pop. Uh, now, as this was going on, I was getting really excited for Moxley to come out, and then he came out in that car, which with no music. I would argue got a superficial pop, and then he made his entrance. And this was probably the lamest and quietest Moxley entrance of his AEW career so far. Yeah, and match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You not go, you you want to say that you were right about the car? It should have been Pentagon. <laughs> I just I don't I don't think the car 
fits Mox's character. And I don't think it's a cool idea, but it's just not right for this. And mm. it has it's taken, you know, I, I love Mox the entrances because there's that guttural roar. He connects with something deeper in a lot of people, particularly me, like some weird rage fueled part of my heart. I felt that last night when we were at the BT yeah. Sports house party thing when Ilya Dragunov was exactly. on the, the apron. Exactly the same thing. And when Mox came out in a car and was like, I'm like, this is too close to Goofy Dean for me. Mm. This isn't Mox. And I, I, I would argue that the crowd reaction, although they're all happy and they were noisy still, and he's still very over, it's not as good as what he was. Nope, I agree. Agreed. Uh, but this match really worked very nicely. Sammy got a lot, which I, I appreciate because Guevara, ha- like, he's been built as a very good in-ring wrestler. But in recent weeks, he's he's sort of just been the inner circle's job guy, mm-hmm. just by the nature of where he's positioned. So it was nice to see him go toe-to-toe for a long time against Mox. And um, yeah, what I thought was really <laughs> interesting about this match as well, because maybe I've missed something or I've misremembered something, but this was to set up one half of a number one contendership match. Mm. So it was Mox and Guevara here, and it was Pac and Darby Allen in the main event. Yeah. And the winner of those two matches will face next week on the Jericho Cruise. I already thought Mox was the number one contender. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I've, I've imprinted that onto the story that they've been telling. But I just figured he already was. Maybe he was never officially said it. I think you got the Mox. Mox came out and just stared down Jericho. He was he was ranked number one. Yeah. So maybe that's where that that's my error that I put on there. Yeah. Uh, but it was a nice structure to the night, and I'm, I'm looking forward to pack Moxie next week. Yeah, totally. Spoiler for the main event of this show. Yeah. Uh, this was just this was just a, a good match. And as it went on, it got really, really, really good. Spanish fly off the top rope. I bought into Sammy winning Yeah, uh, off that move. Really good near fall. But then Sammy goes up for a moonsault. I like this because it kind of protects him and he's inexperienced. It was a strategic mistake rather than he can't beat Moxley on another day. Didn't look behind him. Yeah. So he just hit this moonsault and Moxley catches him in a rear naked choke. Sammy taps immediately. I don't think... It hurts Sammy at all. No, and I think it's nice that Mox has got something uh, that's not mm. just the paradigm shift. Having matches win, uh, having matches end in other ways that's not just your finisher all the time. I think it's always a really nice uh, a change up to things. I, yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was very effective. And then Jericho music, that's a pop. Mm-hmm. When Jericho's music hit, the crowd erupted and then the lights cut out. Why did the lights <laughs> cut out? Because then it's revealed the inner circle are there, which is... Sort of what we expected when Jericho's music hit. Yeah, well, I guess that you... They love the lights out. You, they wanted to jump Moxley from behind, but there is four of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we're nitpicking, the better visual would be for them to walk through the crowd, yes. a la Moxley's entrance. That's exactly what I would have done. Uh, or maybe come round near the car. The car felt like weirdly forgotten about after that well, moment. Tony's got to give it back to his dad. <laughs> yeah. Borrowing it for the weekend. Um, and... The big part of this was they beat him down for a, for a while and then Jericho took one of the spikes off of his jacket and he stabbed Moxley in the mm. eye with it. They sold this really I big. It, yeah. He's got the you know the trainers come down, the medics come down, Jericho you know and his cronies go off and yeah they they were selling this as just like that match there's you know this number one contendership is not happening next week. It can't do. Yeah. Because Moxley's blind. Uh, and they sold this for the rest of the night leading into the main event. It was, yeah, they, the pomp and circumstance around this was perfectly done. They treated it very seriously. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's stuff like that, a spike into the eye in a wrestling ring, that seems like you'll go one step too far. It's like Joe with the machete in TNA. <laughs> yeah. You know, just or someone you can't bring guns into wrestling. It's just everything falls apart when you go that over the top. But they treated this so well and packaged it so smartly. It was a home run for me. Yeah. And there is so much just potential there in this feud with the idea of targeting the eye. Jericho pounced on it immediately. There was an interview backstage with Jen Decker. I think it was Jen. It was Jen Decker, yeah. <coughs> Where he, he said, you know, I'm not going to take my eye off you. Yeah. Um, I like that he said, it's not my fault. It's not my fault I had to do that. It's Moxley's fault for not joining us. Mm. He made me do this. Yeah, but, but it's literally, it's a revenge. It's yeah. an eye for an eye. I, 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 I'm, I, and Jericho's smart enough to, to really build that into the framework of the feud. And I, then, I, I really, really liked it. And then put over their match next week because they're facing Jurassic Express um, on the Jericho cruise. And I love that he was just like, I'm going to beat up Jungle Boy like I did and I beat him already. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, this, is, this is very good wrestling booking because you've got you know one feud over here, but there's also this other thing that's just a historic hatred between two people. Yeah. Really good. Uh, then Jen Decker. Uh, oh yeah, we've done that. Yeah, um, Hager did a pirate impression. Yeah, he went R because of Mox's eye, and I thought they're on a boat next week. <laughs> <laughs> I got very excited. I know I was just saying how I don't want Mox to be goofy. Yeah, but there's something about pirates, you know. You are a pirate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got uh, DDP's first match since 2016. His first match on TNT since uh, WCW closed its doors. Six-man tag. It was with Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall against MJF, Butcher, and Blade. Someone had a BJF <laughs> sign in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Tickled me more than it should have done. But I loved MJF's T-shirt. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. And this was really, really great stuff. It's just such simple heel work. MJF starts off the match with DDP in the ring, being like, oh, yeah, I'll face you on old man. And then instantly goes up, tags in the butcher, and he goes out to the ring. Even gets into the crowd and be like, I'm just going to watch from ring, so I'm going to be right here. DDP, realizing he's not going to get his hands on uh, MJF, tags out to QT Marshall. MJF, quick as a flash, runs back into the ring, tags in the butcher yeah, yeah. so he can get in and wrestle QT instead. I thought it was actually, it's it's simple heel stuff. But, I, I you know, sometimes simple is, it's, why it works. That's what it is. That's why he's so successful because he is that kind of pure throwback heel. I, it's it's good that he turned. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's so good. But the this was mostly built around DDP being, re- but like wrestling. Yeah. And wrestle he did. This wasn't Bret Hart coming back in a very protected SummerSlam 10-man tag. This was, I'm going to take a bump. I'm going to hit a diamond cutter. I'm going to do a top rope splash yep. to that outside on everyone. That was falling with style. Yeah, yeah, he didn't jump. <laughs> yeah. It's not part of the program. It's not part of DDPY. Yeah. <laughs> you're a dead man. Um, yeah, there's some really good stuff in this. I really enjoyed the... Actually, MJF had a really nice spot in this when he he used the dynamite diamond ring to punch someone i think it was dustin to like sort of like punch dustin in the eye and sort of like do a blind thing quickly take it off pass it across mm. the wall like camera caught it really well referee didn't see it i thought that was a nice little bit of heel work but the really as you said this match was building up to the ddp hot tag so he could get in clear house hit a couple of diamond cutters do the dive to the outside and during the shrink screen of when they're showing a replay mgf rolls up qt marshall grabs the tights and pins him yeah yeah i like that that wasn't missing that was that 
that cutting around the cameras was intentional, I, I think. I think it was, yeah. Uh, I So, if to be super nitpicky on this, this was DDP's in-ring return. He's a 63-year-old man. This is a big deal. Didn't feel like a big deal. No, but I, I, it's a shame as well because I think that the Nightmare Collective killed this crowd mm. and it took a lot to get this crowd back into things. And really, they weren't into this match until DDP got in. The match never felt like it was a big deal. Even with MJF wasn't getting like super good heel heat, which he usually does. I don't think the crowd were massively, as you said, the crowd weren't as into Moxley as they usually are. They weren't really into, they'd pop for Jericho coming out, but they weren't really into the beatdown. Mm-hmm. I think Nightmare Collective completely killed this crowd dead because they were there. They were there during the opening oh, match. Yeah. Yeah. But the Nightmare Collective completely killed this town dead. And I think that affected every match that preceded it, mm. it particularly in the main events. But I wonder if the, the crowd not being into this actually did hurt their match and hurt it, its presentation. I, I don't know. I think, look, looking back on it, because I totally agree with the, the idea that DDP, 63 years old, let's protect him in a six-man. But seeing him wrestle and seeing how well he moved around, it was effortless. I'm like... I think you should have built this up. I think you should have built this up over months and like, well, he's never going to wrestle. He's never going to wrestle. And then he's like, I'm going to wrestle you. And it's a, it's a one-on-one match. Lots of smokes and mirrors with MJF. Yeah, and you're absolutely right because they could have done that as well because they had D- Dallas there for the, the ring thing. Because that's where it's been started yeah. off. It was from the diamond ring. So you could have been building it for weeks after that. Mm. But they didn't. They sort of left it for a month. And then he came back and was like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to wrestle. Yeah, I, I just feel like DDP is... He's a big name. He's re- really, really is. Not Goldberg level, but I-, I thought it should have been packaged a similar way to Goldberg's return with Lesnar. I'm not saying it would have been that level, but I think the man's reputation deserved more than what we than this. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I just thought a lot was left on the I, table. Uh, I agree with you. I also hope it's not the last time we see DDP in the ring. Mm. I really don't. I'm I, I, big, big fan of it. <coughs> so the SCU interview backstage which we talked about with Paige from earlier then we got the announcement that Cody versus Wardlow in the first ever steel cage match on AEW I hope they go big bars uh will happen on February 19th in Atlanta yeah which is just 10 days before revolution yeah so that's uh but uh, Cody did say this in his promo he said that you know you want him to soften me up so that when we yeah. face off a revolution, then I'm going to be easier for you. That's big. That's big. Mm. And the main event was Pack versus Darby Allen, which... God, these two work well together. Are you being sarcastic? Do you not like this? I, I just... Uh, I'm surprised. I, I just... It wasn't... It was a good match. I... Yeah, I just... I wasn't massively into it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Oh, right. So they kind of... The, Darby lost... And the way they set that up, really, was Pac taking him out shoulder to the steel steps and powerbomb him on the steel steps early. And after that, Darby never really got into it. Well, yeah, he, he, was making, he had his big comeback, but then was shot down because of the, the, the back injury that he mm. suffered earlier in the match. I just thought these two worked really, really well together. Okay. Um, a lot of it did take place during the commercial break. It didn't feel like the main events. Mm. That would be my criticism of this. Is yeah. I, I, this show felt like it should have been structured differently. Like that four-way really should have been the main events and it should have been the oh, main I like event closer. An, I like it as an opener. I think I, Moxley, Moxley Sammy could have been the main event with the blind I, and angle afterwards. Yeah, but I but and you wanted to have that 
stare down between the mm. two competitors. So I, so I guess I, I understand why they structured it this way, but the crowd were never as hot as they were for that four way, and it, just, it that that felt like a main event. Yeah, where, and I don't think this felt like a main event to a show. I would be stunned if AEW wins the ratings this week. Ooh, I really would be. Okay, because I I don't think this was a show that made you want to stick around mm. to watch everything. Yeah. This felt like a channel flipping episode, particularly when the Nightmare. Well, actually, you know what we're talking about the Nightmare Collective game viewers last week. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought this was—I really, really liked this okay. match. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I liked it. I just didn't—I I didn't love it compared to everything mm. else in the show. Uh, but yeah, it was the Black Arrow to the back yeah. to win, which is a nice storyline point. But really, this was about the after the post-match angle. Pat grabs the mic. He declares himself the number one contender. There's no way Moxie can fight me next week. He's blind. And it cuts backstage. Mox is being loaded into an ambulance. He kicks out the ambulance and then he comes down to the ring. Dressed like Snake Plissken. Yeah, he's got the bandage over his eye. Arr. Combat pants and everything. And he says uh, that he'll be there next week, one eye or not, and I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, and I like this for Pac as well because Pac's deal since he's been in AEW is that he's always being overlooked and mm. people are being picked over him. So here he is. Finally, thinks he is the number one contender, but Moxley is like even Tony effectively stops interviewing him to be yeah. like, "Oh, so we're just getting word from the back. Mm. We've got to cut somewhere else." That's more character fuel for Packer being like, "This company keeps ignoring, yeah, me, yeah, and I won't be ignored." I, where's my Kenny Omega rematch? I'm still not being granted it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's it's some nice subtle stuff in here to, like, that you can use to further that uh, that Pack character. Yeah, because he's got a few feuds going as well. Yeah. Very good stuff. So overall, I would say. This was a high three out of five. Middle, I gave it, yeah. Roads. I gave it middle of the roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I, I described it as a meh show. Yeah, but that opening match honestly was so good. Yeah, and all it, the page stuff is incredible. Yeah. Let's get through your. Uh, your super chat so lezzy n says everybody knows the real dark order leader is shane mcmahon oh, he's gonna come oh. in they're gonna do a simulcast <laughs> i'm the new owner of AEW. <laughs> uh justin anza ludua mm-hmm. i think vampiro is the leader of the dark order well, you a... know what that is a good idea that's a good name to get as well yeah like as a recognizable name if you're trying to pull in those, those that audience from 20 years ago that stopped watching Vampiro is a name from that era. And to he, pick. Was, he was brilliant on Neutral Underground. Well, he, not when he was farting on so loud on commentary. That's Triple A. <laughs> that was Triple A. Triple A commentary. Uh, Preenash Sharma. What if Mox wins the title and is revealed as the Dark oh, Order leader? No, I, I wouldn't like it to be Mox. He's over enough as it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seth M. What if Cody is the leader of the Dark Order? He joins with his <laughs> wife and forms the ultimate order of nightmarishly dark collectors. <laughs> I mean, that would mean there's one less spooky group mm. because they've sort of it's you know it's the uh, the corporate ministry coming together. Well, I feel it's more like uh, the fun of debt consolidation. <laughs> oh, you've got loads of debt, crippling debt. Let's just put it in one place <laughs> so it, it feels manageable, but really, it's still debt. <laughs> Uh, on the subject of Dynamite overall, Tim says, I'd rather rewatch all Baron Corbin main events of the past <laughs> than rewatch that Nightmare Collective, Nightmare Collective match once. So, you say that now, Tim. 
That is bold. That is bold. And we want to make you do it. Live stream that. Uh, because Baron Baron is great, but when that whole mid-card vortex thing was going on, it was bad. Um, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis's number one fan, says, I banged DDP's daughter was a shirt to wear at Bash at the Beach. Also, where can I buy one? The shirt, <laughs> not the daughter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume it's up on Pro Wrestling Tees. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure last time I checked, it was at WrestleTalkMerch.com. Well, at least go there first and have a look. Yeah. Nice shout out. Thank you, mate. Limps. Uh, Darby Allen's coffin drops are a thing of beauty. Yeah, his springboard one that he did that mm. went into the packed German suplex. He went oh, into the floor. Yeah. I I, I love the coffin drop. I think yeah. it's really cool. Uh, Mark Scottish Cyclepath Murray. Ollie is the leader. Uh, been to the Dark Joint Dark Order website. Have you been? I haven't, no. That's because you're know. the leader and you yeah, don't need to Yeah, why would I have go. to? I just get the, the analytics reports from my creepers. Uh, Phoenix says I was quite impressed by Mel she really connected with me somehow uh, Somehow, you guys at all though um, I, I, I thought Mel was fine the problem was is that they pinned her right away after pushing her it was like oh my god she's so big and unstoppable turns out she's quite stoppable <laughs> yeah I and, and it's a nightmare collective you, yeah. no one's going to get over in that group Christian Baltimore, Hope Pack and Mox are given at least 30 minutes for the match next week. On a boat? No, I, look, t- 20 <laughs> minutes. Flippy floppies. 20 minutes is a long time for a match. Th- 30, you know, save that stuff for pay-per-view, I would say. Matthew Shield said, surprise, Mox didn't main events. Mm, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's just so they could do the blinding angle so that he can then show up at the end and be like, no, I will be there next week. Yeah. And put over the year he's going into that match. I think, the, blind. I think the blinding angle is a stronger tease, though. Stronger cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm Pritcharding yeah. it. That's why, they, why they're doing it. We, need a, we haven't got an AEW version of Pritcharding something. Oh, we'll find one. Is it a Shivani-ing? Because he's, he's got a podcast with Conrad. Yeah. Um... Actually, a lot of them do. JR, Arn. Uh, anyway, Tim says, small complaint, but why did there mm. need to be a ref bump for Orange Cassidy to get involved in a no DQ match? Referee could have like exerted his referee's thing and being like, well, you're not part of this match, so yeah. I'm going to push you and, out. And he saw it as well. Like, yeah. He recovered pretty quickly and saw it happen. Yeah, I, I thought that was a bit weird as well. Yeah. Um, Guti25, Joey versus Phoenix was on Dark. Or it's going to be on Dark. Going to be on Dark. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, he advertised it for a match. I, I assumed he was talking about Dynamite. So maybe they'll have a rematch. Yeah. Phoenix is apparently working very injured. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Dave Meltzer said on The Observer. Well, so. yeah. Dark is going to TV. Yeah. One of my <coughs> wild predictions for 2020. Nice one, man. I've got it with 16 days into the new year. Nate <laughs> drops surname. To be fair, has JR ever been to the beach? <laughs> I'm sure he has. Yeah. Yeah. Barbecue on the beach. Joshua Lieberman says that the front DDT stop from Mox was great. Which bit was that? I'm not particularly sure. I'm trying to, I'm cycling my mind through all the spots in that match. Well, I'm sure it was. Yeah. I really enjoyed that match. Uh, and Joshua also said, will Orange Cassidy have his style of match? No, and nor should he, because that means the other wrestler would have to, to, to make that properly work, the other wrestler has to pretend that it's hurting. So the way they've used him so far is perfect. Yeah. Uh, AEW related in general, Rahul Patil. Frankly speaking, AEW with its great wrestling is a bore show. Storytelling is primitive. Would also like to know why Hangman Page is pushed. His character is dead and boring. Love from Mumbai, India. Wow. I mean, I couldn't disagree more. <coughs> uh, I, 
the, uh, primitive storytelling. The storytelling is very, very high level, I would say. The, the way they've got so many directions they could go in. It's just like some of those stories just aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Hangman Page stuff. Oh, that's a shame because I think he's doing brilliant work. Austin Baker, David Starr to AEW or any other hidden UK talent? Uh, David Starr's forever indie. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, but it'd be nice to see him work as a non-contracted talent. Maybe that... It's also lovely that David Starr is now considered UK talents. Yeah. Very much American. <laughs> uh, other hidden UK talent. Callum, Callum Newman. Newman. <laughs> Callum Newman. <laughs> um, and, I, and the Ojmo. The Oj, yeah. Or OJMO, um, if people want to correct us on that. Mm. The other team I'll go to bat for, though they're not UK talent, they just work here a lot, is Aussie Open. Yeah. I think one of the great sets. When, when Dunkzilla is back, I'm, I'm so looking forward to those two teaming together again. Uh, Guti25, being at Bash at the Beach Live was amazing. The only thing we weren't loud for was the Nightmare Collective. The higher power is CM Punk. Yeah. That's confirmed. That's confirmed. Um, that didn't come across on TV, that you were loud for everything other than Nightmare Collective. So it felt like after Nightmare Collective, the crowd were very, mm. very much dead. Logan Wills, uh, did you guys see the shot the Young Bucks took at wrestling critics on being the elite? I have not. Also, I like you've written BTE and then put in brackets being the elite, <laughs> just in case. Like, you might as well just written being the elite. Um, uh, no, I, I've not. No, I've, I haven't no, watched no. this week's episode. Uh, Guy2231, was it just me or did uh, referee Audrey have a chant going on during the match she refed for? She did when she ran out as well to stop the inner circle. She got an Aubrey chant. She's brilliant. Uh, Dip Paul, where's Oh, Havoc? sorry. Uh, uh, just a quick one. The, the mods edited uh-huh. that being the elite, just in case we weren't sure what BTE was. Dip Paul, where's Havoc? Is he being punished for the Excalibur fight? I wondered that. Mm, that's been missing. Yeah, so Rovert had a, like, a, a report um, last year where he said that Tony Khan had buyer's remorse over some of the early signings. Mm. And I saw a lot of people speculate that it's Jimmy because he's not been on TV you know, pretty much at all. Um, and I wonder if there is something to that. Like, you know, he hasn't been seen for a long, long time. And they, uh, that, there was that Excalibur fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do Wrestle Talk? Right? Oh, I will do, yes. Gazzatola of Rock and Roller. Uh, like me, you've both been a fan of wrestling for a couple of decades. But what was your first live wrestling experience? Mine was Insurrection 2001. I missed the UK pay-per-views. Keep up the excellent work, guys. Indie from the start. For my birthday... When I was 11, maybe, I was taken to the Orchard Theatre in Dartford where we watched a wrestling show and it was on a stage Mm. and we were just in seats. Yeah. And it was a ladder match at the end and it blew my mind. I'm pretty like a proper one. I think I went to a Raw taping in 2005, maybe six. It was after Batista had won the belt. So maybe it was 2005 um, in London. I was at university. But when I was a kid... Or a teenager, maybe. Do you remember they used to put on, there was a promotion in the UK that used to put on WWF events where they would just have like local wrestlers playing mm. WWF wrestlers. It's uh, a carny biz sometimes. Yeah, I went to one of those. And <laughs> uh, it was not good. Firefly Fan House, Aiden, uh, Edna Madden. Hi, Wrestling Talk. Some kind of review. Some kind of review. It is right a there. nice some kind of review. Thank you very much. Nate drops surname. Is Pac somehow involved in the Dark Order? I hope not. But they said they increased their efforts by turning Naka, and Pac has been the one attacking him. But that was more for the Kenny thing. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Although and that is the elite. They they're going against the elite. I. Yeah. Again, he's not. I, he's someone who doesn't need a faction. 
Uh, Start Recording says, if you could only speak in wrestling catchphrases for a week, which three would you choose? Uh, oh, that's tough. Well, so do we get to, do we pick a wrestler with, and do we have to say their catchphrases? Because if someone picking Jericho, he's got a thousand. That's a good shout. I'll yeah. go with The Rock. Yeah, he's got yeah. a lot. A lot of them aren't very good, but he has got a lot of them. How dare you? I'm just thinking 2011 Return Rock and... His, when he basically said, like, I can go out there and cut 30-minute promos, it's fine. <laughs> and then went out there and was like, I don't need a script. And then went out there and was like, actually, no, I can't cut 30-minute promos. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I don't, know what, I don't I, care. I, actually, turns out I can't do this anymore. Um, Start Recording also says, uh, do you think there's a decent chance that Shayna Baszler uh, cost Becky her match versus Asuka? That's, uh, I was solving myself there in case it was going to be an NXT thing. Um, but, I mean, it's... I think it's more likely she'll turn up in the Rumble match. Yeah, that, that would be my thing. And I think the the... Money is in Baszler versus Becky for the mm. title, as opposed to her costing her the title. Uh, Gucci25, by the way, guys, I'm going to be on the Jericho Cruise oh, next week. Yes. To... Okay, so this is a call out now. Gucci25 and Harrison Berry, who emailed into our podcast to say he's going on the cruise as well. Swaff Nation meetup. Go on. Get on to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Discord. Get on there. Get into the AEW chat. Find a way that we can arrange like a Swaff Nation meetup mm. on the Jericho Cruise. Um, Majin um, says chick or ham and says chicken or ham I'm going chicken I mean I can't have either no. um, but I think when I was eating meat I would have gone uh, no chicken because you need to get KFC then yeah KFC uh, and Michael Mr. Michael Lord 2011 it says have you seen RBD's rated X segment on impact no I haven't yeah he's doing stuff with it because he's got like two wives at the moment yes two girlfriends <laughs> Um, Lucky it, man. It's really funny. Someone posted up on Twitter today. Where, how old were you when you realized that RVD and Val Venus would swap gimmicks? Because <laughs> RVD's whole thing now is he's got two girlfriends. Val Venus is selling weed online. Oh, wow. <laughs> what an entrepreneur. Yeah. And finally, we just had a last minute super chat. Ryan B. Baskin's Glory King Chopper Whopper. I actually really enjoyed this dynamite, even the Nightmare Collective match. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything negative in this show. Well, all the power to you. All the power That's to good. you, my friends. Before we crack on this, was uh, an email that was specifically asked to be read out on this show. Okay, so an AEW one. Yes, yeah, from Harrison, who said, What's up, lads? I'm going on the Jericho cruise <gasps> in less than a week. Wow. I'll be trying to get as many wrestlers to do a support wrestle talk bump. No, uh, 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 wrestling talk. You have, please, even if they know us, which I doubt they will, make them say wrestling talk. Any in particular you want me to try and go for? Chris bon, Jericho, bon Kenny Boyard, Omega, <laughs> like all the big ones, and Orange Cassidy. Oh man, if you could get Orange Cassidy, I think that would be the uh, the winner right there. Have you ever seen Orange Cassidy's film review <laughs> <laughs> clip? Ah, oh, it's so funny. I can't remember where I saw it now, but he effectively does. He, he it's a video where he does reviews of films, mm. and it'll be like picture of the Dark Knight. They go pretty good you know and then it's just very low effort reviews it gets to fast and furious six or seven and he goes on this eloquent three minute breakdown of the film and like this the the psychological yeah. specifics of it it's very well done <laughs> we've got a recent here and i want to read him before Rusev we get out of here hey. comes in from andy who says hello there luke and the rest of talk champs i hope this email finds you well i have a ruse here hey, <clears> but only luke can read this out as it might be funny to see others reactions oh. I was on the London Tube last week on my way to work. As the tube doors closed at the station, a chap got on holding a bike wheel. I thought this was different. <laughs> as the chap looked to balance the wheel as he sat down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, went I just to, robbed someone. Is the I went to tie my shoelace. In this moment, the guy accidentally, I'd like to believe, clocked me on the head no, with his coat. No, Oh, with his coat. I thought I was going to have accidentally hit someone with a bike wheel. Then. It was you yet. I had my headphones on listening to the Raw Review podcast. As the wheel man sat down, I was face to face with none other than the man I've watched for nearly four years and the man who was literally talking in my ears, Oliver Davis. Wow, you manifested me. I was in a freak panic of what to do. Do I say hello when I'm on the tube? No one talks on the tube. He also had headphones on, which made it tricky too. So after a while, I thought I'd flip my phone around to show the WrestleTalk podcast on my screen. But someone uh. got on the tube and stood in the way. Uh. He got off a stop before me and my chance to say hello was gone. Hi, Brian Islington. I, <laughs> I was a bit bummed as I didn't get to say hello. Maybe next time. I'm an E17 guy. I don't know if that means he's part of the band. Stay now, baby, uh, if you've got to go away. But what I will say is this. He had lovely jeans on. Thank you for all the great Thank content you. and some of your rubbish content. Uh, you start, <sighs> Do They Know It's Christmas. Uh, the, your start of Do They Know It's Christmas was absolute gold. I love you, Andy. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, for that that email. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, too. But I wasn't wearing the jeans that day. <laughs> are these the jeans? These are the jeans. These I wasn't wet these jeans. I was wearing those jeans <laughs> on that on that day because I didn't want the bike wheel to make my jeans dirty if they touched them. I'm sorry I whipped you in the face with my coat. I was so you didn't say whip, you said clock. Whipped. Like that makes it sound like it was heavy. I think Andy is egging it on there. You see my coat. It's a delight to be it touched by lovely. that coat. Yeah, it's covered but in wine. I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was so worried about inconveniencing other people with this giant wheel. I hope you noticed how protective I was <laughs> of anyone touching the wheel. Not for the wheel's sake. The wheel's going to be fine. But I, I felt like I was pissing everyone off on the train, and I'm, I'm usually very aware of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So in in paying so much attention to the the wheel, I didn't pay attention to where my coat was. I'm sorry. Well, I'm uh, we're gonna draw it to a close here. Say hi next time, though. But I'm gonna give you a tease for tomorrow's show. Ooh. Not only do we have our own Rusev Hayes of all the people that we met at the WWE house party, including me having a way better meeting with Kurt Angle than Oliver Davis oh, did four on. years ago. Um, but we had an email in from Joseph, the man who was sat on the plane with Alexa Bliss. And he's written a follow-up no! that answers some of the questions we had about their their interaction. Oh, my God. So that's a tease for tomorrow's oh, show. that's exciting. That's a tease for tomorrow's show. Also, so I mean, we've got a stacked couple of few episodes coming up. Stacked. Stacked, Peter. We've got um, the magazine show going out tomorrow, which is our roundup of the news and your mailbag questions from Patreon. Saturday, we've got the SmackDown review going up. And then on Sunday, we are going to have interviews with Seamus and Nikki Cross. They were recorded on a bus. <laughs> on a bus? On a bus. And then, folks, it's bloody Royal Rumble week. It's Royal Rumble week, so predictions out Oof. the wazoo. There'll be Worlds Collide. There'll be Royal Rumble stuff. Or an exciting... Will there be Worlds Collide? We're not covering Worlds Collide. Are we not going to cover it at all? Well, I mean, I, I, I knew there's we were... not enough people. We're going to do a review the following day before we do the Rumble uh, live stream. Oof. We could try. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. Anyway, so... Look forward to all that great content <laughs> coming up. I've just I've just made more of it. Thank you so much. I'd love you. Goodbye. Rumble, 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.